0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Small Steps to Self-Love. My name is Shelby Lee. I am a mental health and self-love writer, and today I'm excited to be joined by Laurel, who is going to be talking with us about anxiety, managing anxiety, and some really valuable tools and tips. Before we dive in, it would be so helpful if you took a moment to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or another podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for helping this podcast get seen by more people who need it. Let's dive into the episode. Hi, Laurel. Thanks so much for joining me for an episode of Small Steps to Self-Love. I would love to just pass it over to you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Thanks,
1: Shelby. I'm so glad to be here. Um, It's such an honor to um, sit and chat with you. Um, I love all the work that you do and you so inspire me um, in uh, talking about mental health issues and... um, just really developing writing skills. Um, So I'm so pleased to be here and talk with you a little bit about myself. My background actually is in mental health. And so the writing that I work on, um, some of it has been more personal reflections, and some of it has been really trying to connect the work that I do with clients um, and really, um, I guess, fueling them to understand Um, how they can use writing as a tool to support themselves. Um, So I started out in mental health a very long time ago. I don't know if I want to say what year. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I've been a clinical social worker since 1997. um, And I've really done um, a bit of work mostly with children and families, supporting um, children from ages like two to eight. you know, I guess, into their early 20s, um, when they're considered to be adults at that point. Um, uh, Yeah, so I started out um, doing that in the private sector, um, supporting, um, you know, young people who've had some more traumatic experiences in their life, some abuse experiences. Um, And then I um, moved into um, the school system, and supporting children, I guess, a little bit of, uh, in their social and their emotional development, but within the school setting, so that's a little a little bit different. Um, and that really our focus is making sure that kids are able to be ready to learn. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing it for a bit of time, but you know, I feel like it's always a learning and changing process. Um, I'm always learning myself from all of the children and families that I encounter. Um, so it's a growth process for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I would love to know how, like what caused you to get started in the mental health world. And then also how you feel kind of about how mental health has become more talked about, um, kind of your thoughts on like the change between whenever you first started in 97 to to now, I'd love to hear your perspective on that.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I think there's been a lot of change in that area. Um, so yeah, I started out actually, to be honest, um, I had in, when I was in college, I had thought that I wanted to be, um, a journalist, which actually kind of, I guess, ties into my passion for writing, but, um, and, uh, I was doing a bit of work, um, in international relations and, um, with language. Um, and so I had a passion for ensuring, um, everyone had access to whether it be education or legal services. And so I did a bit of that work when I was in college um, as I was doing internships um, and some volunteer work as well. Um, And I think as I did that work, I realized that I wanted to help and support people. And I found um, social work to be a career that I could do that and that I could do that in many different realms. Um, So, not just in one area. You know, you certainly, so clinical social workers work in a variety of different um, areas from clinics to schools to The child welfare system. So there's kind of a a breadth of areas that one could work in. And I found that fascinating Mm -hmm. um, that I could support people in different um, environments. Um, So that's kind of how I ended up there. But I will say that I think today um, we have a lot more appreciation and understanding for mental health, what mental health is. And I think as a society, we've really grown to accept you know that people do struggle with mental health and that it we we really do need to support one another and i think um quite honestly the pandemic has helped a lot in that way um albeit a very challenging situation that all of us lived through i do feel like it's helped us as a society to realize how important mental health is and what we need to do as a society to support um you know our young people and you know just quite frankly everyone with their their mental health
0: yeah that's a good point i didn't really think about that i feel like i've grown up in a time where or like earlier on it wasn't as talked about but as i've gotten older it's definitely been a lot more destigmatized i guess less taboo to talk about which is always a good thing but you're right i think the pandemic definitely helped people want to form connection with people and community with people about this more than ever so I guess there's one pro to the pandemic. If there was a, a positive thing, um, out of it, that's, that's something. So that's interesting that you say that. I know you work a lot with, um, anxiety and I would love to kind of know a little bit more about that and how it can affect how we view ourselves, um, and our self-love as well.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, anxiety. I, I feel like, um, Yeah, I I will have to say, uh, just to to echo a little bit about what you said about the pandemic, I do really feel that um, even though it was a very challenging situation for our society, it did um, open the door to an understanding of how critical uh, mental health supports are. And I I feel like that's um, been a blessing in the sense that we're now more openly discussing mental health challenges, and how we can support people. Um, And anxiety is definitely one of those areas. I think that um, I see anxiety as something that's kind of on a spectrum of functioning, you know, anxiety, something that if we didn't have a little bit of, we probably wouldn't get up out of bed in the morning, you know, the alarm clock goes off, and, and we're like, oh, my goodness, I have to get to work. So the anxiety of, you know, I need to function um can sometimes be a good thing in a small dose. It's when it's kind of too much or overwhelming and gets to the opposite extreme that it is really debilitating for us and and, and really kind of doesn't allow us to function. Um, and so um there's a lot of different ways to to cope with anxiety. You know, some of them um, you know, more traditional medical model ways or um, some more um, coping skills um, that we can develop. But I think I've really been um, able to support people with anxiety, utilizing some different coping skills. One is more of like a general exposure therapy type of technique, which means um You know, whatever someone is experiencing anxiety about, you um, give them a small amount of that um, exposure so that they can develop those skills and feel like they can push through them. Um, That's the interesting thing about anxiety. To get through it, you kind of have to um, force yourself to be in that space with a little bit of that anxiety to realize that then I can do this, right? Right. I interestingly, I was just talking to somebody, uh, a client of mine yesterday about this, you know, that she had kind of had this fear that she couldn't um, be on a stage or she couldn't be in front of a group of people. And so, um, you know, she did it a little bit of that. Right. She, She gave herself a little bit of that opportunity. And then when once she saw she could do it, then you can tell yourself like, hey, I did it. You know, I can do it again, um, and so that's kind of the premise of general exposure therapy. Like, you know, you do something in small doses, so then you've proven to yourself, hey, I can do it without kind of having an attack, a panic attack, which is what you know people who have great anxiety struggle with. Um, and so if they do it in small doses, they can prove to themselves, like, hey, I can do this, right? And so, kind of doing it in small doses over time and pushing yourself a little bit more each time, um, can be helpful. Um, but usually you need somebody kind of just to support you with that, you know, um, whether it's just like a natural relationship person, like somebody in your life who can kind of help you out. Who's like, you know, either a really close friend or, um, a relative, or if your anxiety is really debilitating you know, a professional person who has some kind of experience with that. Um, so yeah, that's one way. And then, you, you know, the coping skills that you offer someone, like when they're in the moment, starting to feel like they're having a bit of those, you know, anxiety attacks, or, or some people call them panic attacks. Um, kind of what are you going to do when you when you feel all those thoughts racing in your head of like, Oh, my gosh, this is just too much for me. It's so overwhelming. Um, you know, what are some strategies for that? You know, what can you tell yourself? You know, like oh, I can do this. I can get through this. You know, so that some of those affirmations you tell yourself, and some of the breathing techniques that you can do to Mm -hmm. kind of calm your physical body, Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time as you're kind of sending yourself those mental messages. So you know, the combination of some of those things, I think, can be quite helpful for folks.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. I think that like for me, something that I really struggled with was like public speaking and speaking in front of a group was, and I think that's a very, that's a common, you know, anxiety inducer for a lot of people. And I don't think I realized like how beneficial actually just forcing myself to do it (laughs) in small doses over time um, was for me until I looked back and was like, oh my gosh, I like can just present to people now and it's fine. And it was something that I never thought that I would get over or move past. So I love that as a technique. I don't really think about how I can apply that to other anxieties in my life, but I think that that's really beneficial. And I can see the benefit, you know, myself in in some of those areas where I've exposed myself to them. So that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think public speaking is one that's a pretty common one. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is like people who kind of, don't like to be in larger social groups that they get overwhelmed by being in a space with a lot of people that they don't, they're not familiar with or don't know very well. Um, and I, and I do think that if you, you talk to people about, you know, kind of putting themselves out there um, and and it's not natural for them and it is anxiety provoking, but once you've done it, you can kind of prove to yourself. And I've actually kind of said this, you know, out loud when I'm teaching, people about their anxiety. I'm like, well, you know, if you did it, like you did it the last time. So like, now you can tell yourself, like, look, I did this. Like, you know, that could be your, your positive self-talk, right? You know, I did this last week and I did a good job and and I was okay. Right. right. And then the more times that you do that, it's like, yeah, no, I, I did this now. I've done it twice. Now I've done it three times. And then more times it's like, you're proving, those thoughts that you have about your anxiety, you're you're disproving them in essence, and so that then can build some sort of momentum. And I would agree. I I also am not a, I I have a little bit of anxiety around public speaking myself. And you know, as writers, um, we often present, right? And um, I I have done some slam presentation lately, and hmm. I have to say that that has helped me to get over that a little bit as well, because, you know, standing up in front of a group of people and presenting, you know, creative writing in essence, uh, can be a bit of a, a scare, but once you do it a few times, you're like, wow, I can, I can do this. And wow, everyone didn't boo me off the stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I experienced the same thing the first time that I read my poems out loud. Um, and in front of a group, it was so vulnerable, but yeah, really beneficial to share that in a creative space um, in that way. So that's that's awesome that you've been doing that as well. Um, and that brings me to talking about writing as a coping skill. We met through writing Laurel's a part of my online community called the poetry club. And I think that's where we first connected or met. Um, and so I know that you also write poetry, but what are some ways that people can use writing to, to benefit their mental health? Is there something that you do with your clients that is beneficial? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a good, uh, that I, I love that. Yes, I definitely um, agree with you, Shelby. And it it has been my pleasure to participate in your online poetry group um, because I've learned so much from those who are there, um, whether it be the creative elements of it or also, you know, many of us are trying, are working towards publishing our, our books. So we share ideas for marketing and ideas for connecting with each other. And so it's been such a great group to participate in. Yeah, from the mental health perspective about writing I think writing is a wonderful tool. And I often um, offer it to clients. How they utilize it changes on kind of them personally and how what they find helpful. Mm-hmm. Some people are reticent to do traditional journaling. Um, for one, especially since I work with a lot of children and adolescents, they don't want to have a book somewhere that someone could possibly pick up and then read through. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little reticent about that. Yeah. Luckily with today's day and time, you know, we have our, our many of us have phones, right? And so there is like a notes section that they could also use. So I've had some conversations around that. Um, as it pertains to anxiety, um a lot of times people with anxiety have a lot of um these thoughts that kind of occupy their mind that are constantly going through their head. And when when they try to fall asleep, that's that can be often um. One of the moments that's the hardest for them because they're like, oh, my God, I got to do this or I have to do that or I forgot to do this or I, oh, my gosh, you know, this is this is something that needs to get done. And those things kind of linger in their head and then it becomes very difficult for them to sleep. Um, And so one of the strategies I've offered clients is to to actually just write all that down before they go to bed so that therefore they know it won't be forgotten. You know, they they'll have it um, should they need it tomorrow, right? But it's not kind of occupying their thoughts because now they know they've placed it somewhere, so it won't be forgotten, and it will it's kind of released then from their their you know o- you know, their occupying thoughts. You know that they can release that, put it on the page. So that's that's one way, one strategy that I've I've offered clients. Um, another thing is just you know similar to, to the group that we participate in that, you know, the poets that we, that we um, participate with many people use creative writing as an outlet for the things that they've, you know, uh, struggled with in their, in their life. Um, it could be mental health. It could be uh, natural, you know, occurrences that happen in their life, like, you know, loss, grief and loss, death, you know, um, could be, you um, You know, relationship matters, you know, if they've had some, any sorts of separations, divorces, or, you know, any sorts of tumultuous sorts of relationships as well, writing offers an outlet to someone, whether they wish to share it or not. Some people just like to keep close to heart and that's fine too, Um, but it, it kind of is released from their, their thoughts and their worries and their feelings once they put it on the page. and. I find when I talk to clients about that, they and they try it. They are and for many people, it clicks very well. And they and they'll come back and they'll tell me they're like, "Wow, I I'm doing it every day, and I do feel like it's it's releasing, you know, these worries I have, and I feel a lot calmer um, and not as worried or not as sad because I've been able to release these, you know, feelings and thoughts onto the page. So. Yeah. I think, I think it's a great tool
0: um, for many for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's been so beneficial for me. I love this conversation just because all of that is very much me. I I journal before bed, get everything out on the paper before I try to go to bed. (laughs) Sometimes I still have those like ruminating thoughts, but it definitely helps to just get things on a page. And of course I use poetry to navigate a lot of the mental health things that I'm feeling too. And I can't recommend it enough, whether it's journaling or speaking into your phone and just like talking it out and just sharing that and knowing that no one else has to read it either. It can be just for you, I think is, is really beneficial too. So I love that you are encouraging that with your clients and encouraging that for our listeners as well.
1: Yeah, no, no. I think, and I think also some people, also appreciate doing that through reading as well, Shelby. Mm-hmm. You know, there is kind of that connection between reading and writing. So um, definitely in the in the therapeutic com- community, um, you know, we talk about bibliotherapy or the use of certain books as also a methodology for talking through um, worries, concerns, um, mm-hmm. and so. Particularly when I'm working with younger people, with children. Books are often a great way to talk about um, whether it be some sort of mindfulness techniques to teach about those or to teach about, you know, different moods that one might have. Um, You know, books are also a great um, way to do that as well. So um, there is that connection, of course, as writers, we often produce the books, right? Um, But those books also can be helpful and therapeutic as well for clients.
0: Yeah, that's a great note. That's awesome. I definitely, um, I'm a huge reader myself and used them. I feel like as I don't want to use the word escape, but just like they really helped me navigate things, take my mind off of my worries and things like that as a child, a lot, um, and teenager growing up and stuff. So I love that that's beneficial as well for your mental health too.
1: I think what works for one person isn't always the same as what works for somebody else. And so certainly there's a lot of different um, techniques out there. I'm a big um, supporter of mindfulness techniques too. So as far as like therapeutic techniques, I've been trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is... um, supposed to be one of the best indicated interventions for depression and anxiety. Um, But there is a lot of evidence, too, around mindfulness um, and integrating mindfulness into the CBT work and as a coping skill. And I think that um, particularly for anxiety, the breathing and the meditation piece of that is so helpful for folks um, to be able to calm their physical body Um, and, and I, I, of course, I think, you know, this a little bit about me, Shelby, since we've had some interaction, but I, um, I, I'm a big believer in nature and how nature also can calm, um, the, the, the body, the physical body and the mind as well, um, getting out in nature and really being able to just not focus on anything except, The trees blowing and, you know, the sunshine and, you know, taking in fresh air um, is definitely also very helpful as far as, you know, mental
0: health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. So many techniques I feel like covered and tips as well. If you could say like one small step for people to take this week out of everything we've covered, or maybe something new, what would you recommend people do this week for their self-love?
1: Oh, that's a good one, right? You know know what the first thing is that I usually actually offer to clients the first time I ever meet with them? Because I feel like sometimes we get caught a lot in negative spaces and we think a lot about the things that are not going well or the things that are going wrong. And that often brings us to look for help or to seek support. So one of the first things I generally ask clients or a tip that I offer them is to When they get up in the morning, you know, when you get up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth and you're kind of looking in your in your mirror and you're brushing your teeth, you have all these like these messages that you say to yourself in your head, not out loud, of course, you know, like um, as you're starting your day, you like might notice, you know, that you're you don't think your hair is the way you want it to be. Or you might be sending these messages to yourself as you're brushing your teeth. So I encourage clients to um engage in this technique of telling themselves um, 10 positive things in the mirror every morning um, Mm -hmm. from the get-go from when when I start working with them. And and it's, it's not an easy thing to do actually, believe it or not. Um, And I always say, I'm giving you a break on that. Like if you don't do it every day and like 10 things, don't worry. Like whenever you're starting a new habit, it takes time to like learn it and to Implement it usually takes a minimum of six weeks, actually, to do any to create any habit. But anyway, I ask them to do that because I want them to think about positive things about themselves. And I think a lot of times we get caught in the negative and just notice those things that you're you do well and notice, you know, what a beautiful person you are, because that shift from the glass half empty to the glass half full is really, really important. Um, in terms of any sort of mental health. And so kind of getting in the habit of saying positive things to yourself.
0: Definitely, that's a great step for people to take this week and beyond and build a habit of doing that and thinking positively about yourself. Definitely a struggle. I think um, a lot of us hesitate to say positive things about ourselves or think of 10 different things too. Um, but there are certainly 10 things many more than 10 things about all of us that are positive. So, um, taking some time to think about that is great. Really beneficial.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's, it's so beneficial, um, because the minute we start to change our thoughts and we change our actions, our feelings then come kind of in alignment with that. So, um, any steps that we can take to go with, move into more positive thoughts or more positive actions are definitely going to make us feel better overall.
0: This has been so beneficial. Thank you for all of the strategies and the tips that you've shared. Um, If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, actually, I've been learning so much from you, Shelby, actually, honestly, (laughs) about being online. But um, yeah, I actually created a website for myself um, some time ago, and that's called risingfromtheshadows.org. And so that's just a personal website I have. Some creative elements of poetry, um, reflective poetry, but it also has just basic information, um, mental health information and my contact information in my bio as well. Um, I also work for a clinic called Mindful One. Um, Mindful One Therapy, and that's located in McLean, Virginia, and they have it has its own website as well. So if you wanted to look myself up or any of the clinicians I work with, that's also a helpful um, location. And then, of course, um, as good writers as we are, we all have a you know an Instagram, right? And so I'm <laughs> really working on that. Shelby's been trying to help me. <laughs> um, and so mine is called Poet SW. Admin LO, and that's because I'm a poet, a social worker, an administrator, and LO is my are my initials. So, um, nice. I was
0: wondering about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's where all that comes from. Um kind of an integration of who I am. So, um, I'd love to have um, more followers there um, as I share some of the um, information about mindfulness and CBT and creative writing as well. I kind of integrate those things there.
0: Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll have those linked in the description as well. So people can find them easier, but yeah, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation and spending 30 minutes with me to share all of these wonderful tips. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Shelby.
0: Thank you. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week filled with self-love and compassion and kindness. And I'll talk to you next week.